Welcome to On Call with Insignia, where we ring up founders, innovators, and technologists. Wherever they are, we talk about the amazing work they do, the mental frameworks that guide them, and the opportunities they see in the future. Let's dial in. This is part two of the recording of our webinar on COVID-19 strategies for startups in Southeast Asia. I'd like to go back to Lin and ask about, uh, Yingla mentioned about cost-cutting, very creative cost-cutting strategies that he's been seeing uh, with, with different founders. Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on cost-cutting and how founders should approach uh, staying lean during this, during this time? Sure. Um, actually, quickly following up on what uh, Yingla was saying with being creative, um, I think you should also think about um, how can you partner somebody with somebody else or with another company to fill each other's holes? Right, so an example, I'm not going to name names, uh, but there, I, I know of a company that uh, basically um, they have production, right? And, um, but their sales team is all offline. So now you can't really go out and talk to people and try to make your pitch. And so it, it's really hard to sell their product. So then what if you find a company that's very strong online? Right. But then they just they, they can't sell their product. Maybe they sell travel products or, you know, education. Pro- or, or I mean, sorry, not edu- and travel products where you know, nobody's really buying it right now. So then you, you know, take what, what each have that's strong and you work together and you could potentially merge. Maybe you partner first. And then if it works out, maybe you merge into a 50 50 company so that yeah, at least you survive. Right. The goal is to continue to stay alive until after uh, this period and then you can grow again. Um, and, and you'll see, uh, I think a lot of companies, a lot of your competitors will go under. And so if you are the one or two that's remaining, um, even if you're, you're much weaker than you had been before, um, that's still better than, you know, being dead. So, uh, so just, uh, yeah, being super creative and trying to find uh, any way you can uh, to keep your doors open. Let's see. Uh, sorry, um, Paolo, can you repeat the question? You've touched on it already a bit, like uh, cost-cutting strategies in particular. What are the creative ways? I mean, you can always reduce costs, right? But what does that really mean uh, mm-hmm. in terms of, say, for example, the balance sheet, different items there, uh, yeah. and in terms of relationships with, for example, like suppliers and different business partners? Mm-hmm. Maybe you could concretize that for us. Yeah, I mean, I would um, break it out into two types of companies. Um, there are the fortunate few who are uh, cash rich or they're cash flow positive and are able to maintain, right? So um, when I say cash rich, I mean you have at least 18 months runway, right? So if you have that much, then I would see this as an opportunity, right? I would continue to advertise, um, continue to try to sell your product uh, because you have very little competition out there. And so now you see CPAs can go, can get really low. Uh, you can continue to really I mean, I guess not really, but you can continue to grow the business. Um, even if it's a more moderate pace, at least you're growing. Uh, but those, I think, will be very few and far in between. Um, I think the majority of the businesses will be just trying to stay alive. Uh, most startups don't have that much runway. Uh, you know, trying to stay alive for 18 months without funding would be really difficult. Um, so, yeah, at this point, um, cut everything. I would start with cutting things that, that you can reverse. Right. So, for example, digital marketing, that's easy. You turn off Facebook, turn off Google or and then later on you turn back on. Right. So things that um, that you can uh, that do with very little repercussions. Um, And then once those uh, those are cut, then uh, then you look at the more serious ones like rent um, and and labor and HR. Right. Um, And so Yinglan mentioned some creative ways you can handle HR. And yes. Right. So instead of laying off everybody, maybe try um, a furlough where it's unpaid leave for a little bit. 
I know uh, Vietnam has certain laws on that, so you, you want to look up the, the, the rules and laws on that. Um, or, or you offer equity, or um, maybe you can turn them into a contract, uh, contractor or consulting contract as opposed to full-time. Um, you know, just, just something so that you can maintain uh, the ability to turn back on when, every, when the market starts turning around again. Um, so so that, that's some of the ways, um, you know, I would think about expenses. Uh, and then on the, on the other side of it would be revenue, right? And so um, revenue, yeah, you know, just you're kind of aiming for sideways, right? I mean, um, before, basically, as a startup, you, you definitely want the hockey stick. Uh, but nowadays, I think sideways is definitely very acceptable. Just, you know, just don't go down. Um, so, so sideways, what does that mean, right? So, um, I mean, the most obvious one is, can you make your product online? You know, whatever you're selling, can you try to sell it online? Uh, or if you're a B2B company, can you tweak it to be B2C? And then you can try to sell direct to the consumer online. Um, you could also look at your entire value chain. Uh, basically, uh, all everything that you buy and everything that you that you uh, that you send out. You know, where does it go? You know, how can you can you potentially turn into the supplier, or or can you move down one and be the the direct to consumer, right? So just look at every single tiny aspect of your business and figure out if there's any way that you can either add on um, or temporarily pivot. Uh, or, you know, if it makes sense, then it would be a full pivot uh, into a, a different business model. Right. Thanks so much, Lynn. Uh, I'd like to zoom in actually on uh, an industry in particular, e-commerce. We're definitely seeing a lot of activity uh, in terms of people, especially with, with groceries and essential items. Uh, so there's, there's probably a lot of growth there as well. But at the same time, you have a lot of pressure on these supply chains. What, what is your advice for commerce startups? I think uh, England already gave an example of uh, uh, B2B e-commerce easy. Uh, what would be your general advice for e-commerce startups? E-commerce. I mean, I, I think uh, right now, the initial thing I would think about is safety, right? Make sure that your workforce, that the people that are continuing to work, even though everybody else is told to stay at home, uh, make sure that they feel safe. Uh, and that they are safe. Right? We don't want to get more people sick um, just because you know somebody wants a box of cookies, right? So, uh, so, so that's the first thing. Make sure you train them on hand washing, supply them with the proper tools, masks, and and you know teaching them not to you know implement rules where you don't they don't have to interact directly with the customer. Uh, so that that's the first thing. And then uh, yes, second thing is that the supply chain. Uh, I think. Um, Luckily, you know, gas prices have, have been down uh, recently, so you can at least keep the cars running, right? If, if you have less revenue now and you can also reduce your expenses um, with the logistics chain, supply chain, um, gas and, um, and the warehousing, warehousing of the products, um, that would be good too. Uh, and, then, and then the last item would be uh, making sure you have the items necessary for the consumer, right? So... Uh, maybe now is the time to start uh, reducing the products that are luxury products or that are um, nice to haves and then focus on the items that are really selling well. Uh, and, and this is where your analytics come in and maybe just focus on the top 30% of your products and make sure that those go out in a timely manner. So definitely a lot of focus needed. Uh, especially during this time. Aaron, maybe you could add to that uh, in terms of your experience managing a marketplace uh, for cars in particular. What, what perspectives or insights can you share in terms of like e-commerce? 
Yeah, I mean specifically for cars. I mean honestly, what we what we see right now is a is a drop in, in demand, right? Because a lot of people are not able to to go out of their homes to kick the tires and stuff like that. And to be honest, online buying of cars or at least pure online buying is still going to take some time uh, before people start adopting it. Because generally, people want to get out to to hit it. So for us, you know, generically, I think our the line of business that is purely to do with trading of cars has been hurt. Uh, and it is not even because of the fact that consumers are buying less uh, used cars, but it's actually because of the fact that consumers are buying lesser new cars, right? Because when people start buying lesser new cars, it means less, less, lesser trade-in. And as a, you know, as a wholesale marketplace, it becomes tougher for us to get trade-in of cars. But that said, uh, what we have seen is the increase uh, in, in uh, demand for our leasing or our subscription product, right? Where we talk about, uh, you know, six-month subscription, uh, one-year subscription of vehicles and stuff like that. that the demand for that particular product, uh, what we call Carol Leap, uh, recently has, has uh, gone through the roof. Uh, in fact, we, are, we don't even have enough cars to fulfill the demand that we actually uh, asked the other companies that were struggling, the, the, the folks that are doing leasing, to say that, hey, you know, do you want to, to lease your cars on our, our, on our platform instead so that, you know, we can uh, work together with you to lease your cars out uh, and you just subscribe to the platform, so to speak, right? So, so what we have learned is that okay, while demand uh, for 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 trade has decreased, actually the demand for subscription has rose a lot, and that has more than enough uh, effect to negate that uh, that that drop in business for us. So I think net net for us, I think uh, from a e-commerce uh, or rather from a purely transactional marketplace standpoint, we continue to see pressure. Uh, but that is from the perspective of Singapore. Uh, but if you ask me in Malaysia, in places like in uh, Malaysia as well as Indonesia, where they have like a almost pseudo lockdown kind of situation, it's, 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 it's terrible there, right, when it comes to cars. Uh, but I generically think that that's a matter of, okay, how do we think about business models? How do we think about how do, uh, what the customers are fearful of? You know, is, is it safety or is it because they just want to get the cars from the comfort of their home, etc.? and move on to innovate on different business models that can uh, survive through these tough times, right? So for us, it's always constantly thinking about how do we future-proof the business, how do we uh, COVID-proof the business, so to speak, right? Uh, so that at the end of the day, this particular uh, situation that we are all in right now becomes more an opportunity versus uh, a, an issue or a threat for the survival in that sense of the company. Thanks, Aaron. Uh, I think one of the interesting points you mentioned was that the situation is very different in Singapore compared to Malaysia or Vietnam, right? Uh, and I think uh, for Yingnan, uh, what would be considerations startups should have, especially if they're looking to drive more adoption and retention these days, uh, considering you have different markets with undergoing different situations and different customer behavior? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, I think Aaron runs a company that operates in multiple markets and uh, we have a portfolio in multiple countries, right? Um, and I think the impact on uh, each of these countries has been a bit different. I think Vietnam has done a great job uh, in uh, testing. I think they, they took effective steps to actually lock down the country for 14 days, uh, uh, you know, swiftly and decisively. Um, Indonesia is a, is a is rather a big question mark, right? I think um, the, the country is just starting to test its people. I think the, the, the most of the our portfolio companies is working from home. Um, and actually, we just we just did a, a, a tally on the impact of uh, uh, COVID nineteen on, on our, our, our portfolio, right? And, and I think seventy five percent of our companies are, are I, would, I would say negative impacted. Um, uh, and actually, twenty five percent, which is actually a larger number than we thought, were positively impacted. Companies like Easy uh, Online Education, um, 
uh, and, and some of these uh, you know, online gaming companies actually got uh, positive impacted uh, by the crisis. And I think the, 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 the tally that we have done is we, we, we spent the past two weeks uh, sort of doing a stress test on our portfolio. Um, at a high level, you know, I think 75% of our companies have pretty healthy balance sheet, uh, 12 to 18 months runway. Um, and I think they are sort of, uh, you know, we still tell them that, you know, we, we, I read a lot and uh, the science, I mean, the indicates that the, 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 the closest that we can get a vaccine done is 12 to 18 months. So um, uh, I think that, that is sort of the timing that we, we think that we want to prepare our companies for. I think another, I would say 10, 15% uh, have, you know, six to 12 months and another like about 10% is less than six months. And, and those companies we really went down and, and, and pan out uh, scenario planning, right? So assume, you know, revenue doesn't drop, which is unlikely because there's a big demand shock. Uh, assume uh, revenue, revenue drops 50%, then third, you know, worst case, assume revenue drops to zero or 90%. And, and what should you do in, in these three kind of situations, right? And, and uh, we, come up with, we came up with a lot of defensive um, uh, measures for people, you know, like cutting, cap, uh, cutting OPEX, you know, uh, shifting CapEx requirements, uh, see whether you can, um, you know, um, stop some of the uh, expenditure, stop the bleed. I think cash is king right now. And then uh, for on the offensive measures, you know, are there new, new, new channels that you can do? Um, um, you know, that, that is online, you know, so for, so restaurant, for example, you know, if you have a restaurant, for example, can you do some of your food delivery online? Um, if you have a cosmetic company, instead of having offline shops, can you do more of the sales online? Um, um, and so on and so forth. But I think just uh, two other quick notes is that um, uh, I think it's, 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 you know, most people choose their partner um, in it, you know, not knowing how they'll behave in a good time or bad time. And, and it's easy for VC funds, hey, to sort of invest in a company that goes right in the hockey stick. But I think it is in the downturn that you see whether, whether your partners are really there for you um, and, and whether they spend the time to help you through a crisis. In a, in a, in, you know, I think that's, that's when it's very telling. And, and similar for us, I think um, when, we, when we look at founders, we, uh, we see how resilient they are uh, in, in the face of adversity. Right? I think some of the best entrepreneurs, uh, the Tencent and Alibaba's of the world, you know, um, um, essentially went through hardship. And I think it's really a, a, a test of the, 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 the founder's capability and resilience. Um, uh, and I think it's, it's, it's the time where we sort of see the difference between the boys and the men. Um, and I think the, the, the message I, I usually tell my founders is, you know, if you try to help yourself first, uh, other folks are more likely to help you because they see that, you know, you have the uh, resilience to, to stand up by yourself. Um, I think that's sort of two points that is worth mentioning. Um, I think the last point that I thought is uh, probably worth thinking about is, um, uh, you know, I think even if you have to do layoffs, you know, um, um, do it, uh, do it gently and uh, I think do it kindly. Um, and I think some, some folks uh, prefer the concept of a follow. Um, uh, but I think, I think it is, uh, it's important to know that, um, you know, they have families to take care of. So take good care of them uh, if you can uh, and do it respectfully. Thanks, Inglan, uh, for you know very across the board uh, advice and insights for our founders. Uh, I'd like to move on to some of the questions that we have on the Q and A. There are a lot of questions uh, actually about like SaaS and B two B, and then you mentioned earlier uh, one of the ways B two B startups can think about uh, this period or acquisitions during this period is actually going B two C, trying to reach out directly more to consumers. What what is your take on B two B startups from Southeast Asia that are looking to expand internationally? And how should they deal with uh, sort of like making these relationships, especially with the situation uh, ongoing in different parts of the world? 
Yeah, no, I think uh, international sales uh, right now, um, in theory, the, the playing field has been evened, right? Uh, before, if somebody was in country, uh, they could do a pop-up shop or they can come and present in person. Uh, but now everything it has to be online. So technically, you uh, are, have a better chance of winning a, a client now. Um, however, that's only if the business is looking to buy. And unfortunately, I don't think most businesses are looking to expand at this point. I think uh, even if you're a Fortune 500 company, uh, you're looking at how to conserve cash. Um, so uh, unfortunately, I, I think um, B2B companies um, may have a more, more difficult time now. I mean, B2B sales already has a long lead time as it is in a good market. Uh, so in a bad market, uh, I would almost expect that timeline to double. Um, so um, for now, it, it may make sense to find, uh, you know, maybe just a small portion of your offering and then sell that cheaply to the consumer uh, so that you have some cash to stay alive. And then uh, once the market turns, you can turn off the consumer offering and go back to, to the business offering. Um, but with that said, I would still try to communicate. Right, like now is the time to show um, the buyers within the companies uh, that you can be, that you really know your stuff, right? So if you can offer them help, uh, whether it's an informational PDF uh, or, uh, you know, just kind of offering them uh, a few features of your product for free so they can try it, um, that may be a good way to um, get them used to your product. Uh, but they're probably not going to give you money for the product until they're financially stable, which could be you know, 12, 18 months down the road. For more episodes, you can head to Insignia Business Review at review.insignia.vc. Or you can head to Spotify, iTunes, Waves, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.